Sisterly Advice is sponsored by Pop Girls Ministry. Hi guys, I'm Grace. And I'm Katie. And we are Sisterly Advice. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sisterly Advice. Today we are going to be discussing body language and how understanding and reading body language can help in conversations. Yes. First, I have a dad joke. Of course. Grace, what causes dry skin? I want to say not moisturizing, but that wouldn't be much of a dad joke. So what is it? A towel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was like so stupid, but it's so funny. I thought it was funny. Hilarious. Hilarious. (laughs) Um... So this episode is based off of a book that I read called What Everybody is Saying by Joe Navarro. Mm. Um, I believe that's how you say his last name. He um, is an ex-FBI agent. Oh. And he wrote this book about understanding the nonverbal signs of Mm -hmm. body language and reading that to help you understand situations and stuff. And it was the most interesting book and i learned so much hmm. and the way he wrote it was also very well executed mm-hmm. made it very interesting and he included like throughout the whole book different real life experiences that he had of situations where he was able to like solve this case mm-hmm. or understand this about a person deduce that from just like one like body tell he could tell like they're lying or this happened and stuff and it was so interesting so this episode is based off of that some of the things that just really spoke out to me that i've retained from the book especially and i'm starting to apply Mm -hmm. and then just some things that grace and i have experienced over the years of ways that we've used body language to help convey certain messages and signals and then ways that we've observed certain body language tells in other people exactly um, and what we have been able to decipher from those so you're probably not an fbi agent Um, i'm not (laughs) but (laughs) i mean there's a lot of other areas where katie and i were like we could definitely apply this oh my gosh you know and first one is with speaking and teaching And if you know me, you know I love public speaking. There's a few things that I've learned about it. First of all, as you've probably experienced, getting up in front of a large group of people can be super nerve-wracking. However, the key is to not show those nerves with your body language. Shifting your weight from side to side, fidgeting with your hands, crossing your arms, keeping your hands behind you, or shoving your hands in your pockets all display a lack of confidence. And then people might not take you as seriously when you're sharing like information. And then on the other hand, in my own experience, I've seen that people are most receptive to me and what I'm saying when I talk with my hands. I know you can't see me, but I'm actually talking with my hands right now. I can't stop. (laughs) I can vouch for that. (laughs) Sometimes I talk with my hands so much, I feel like I'll end up like hitting people. She has also done that. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. The point, though, just seems to get across so much better when you do that. Yeah. I think this is because most of society are visual people. So moving your hands catches their attention and keeps them focused on you. 
I mean, have you ever noticed that you're way more enticed by sermons when the pastor moves during his message than when he stays seated the whole time? You can implement this even when giving like presentations at school. You don't just have to be some major public speaker, but you got to give that biology presentation. Okay, perfect time to implement this and making sure your body language shows you're confident up there and know what you're talking about. Even if you're not, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I haven't done a lot of speaking, but I am currently like teaching, consulting with a lady at the moment to help start up a podcast for her. And it takes a lot of patience to teach something um, that I know very well Mm -hmm. and having to slow down my pace to make sure that everyone is like yes, following, is following along to make sure they understand and again that just takes a lot of patience and even though I I can say I'm like oh I'm fine I know I'm fine like I got it like it's okay take your time my body language can tell the exact opposite because mm-hmm. if um, when we were sitting next and this is I'm explaining this because I did the wrong thing here and I'm recognizing that and hopefully next time we meet while I'm working on the podcast with her I'm able to apply these things to help her know that I'm like I am here mm-hmm. and you can take as long as you need and I will be patient with you but I was saying that I was fine and that we can take yeah. as long as you need. But we were sitting side by side and I was leaning forward like helicopter parenting, mm-hmm. leaning over her. My hands were tucked in my lap, but my legs were bouncing as like I was anxious oh, and anticipating. Yeah. And then my eyes were like jerking back and forth and back and forth. Like I was very like restless mm-hmm. and not like I should have leaned back, maybe rested my hands on the table. My tone of my voice should have been a little less like peppy and like yeah. no, no 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 like this is this and this and then like so then we can do this yeah. and then we can do this like more calming mm-hmm. to create a more calming atmosphere and I just did everything so wrong and I'm saying this now like because I feel kind of bad about it and hopefully I can turn this around next time because you know I'll have other opportunities to teach people in the future and I want to make sure that I make sure that the person I'm leading and teaching doesn't feel rushed or feel bad to be like putting me out yeah you know yeah so I would just suggest to be aware of hovering over next Mm -hmm. to their shoulder letting them do it on their own but then also like just wanting to take the reins and do it yourself you know you gotta know when to like give a person space so that they can learn to do it on their own yeah and I was lacking in that one other thing with body language is just in listening yes I'm sure we've all been told the importance of being avid listeners by not only being quiet and letting the other person speak without interruption. There are things we can do with our body language to further convey good listening Mm -hmm. behavior. Mm -hmm. One is eye contact. You always want to make sure that you're looking at the person who's speaking Mm -hmm. to you out of one respect and then also lets the other person know that you indeed are listening. Yes. And like, I think this is honestly the most important out of all the ones here that we're going to say. And I mean, it's key. It can't be stressed enough. But also when making eye contact, like that does mean eye contact. Like don't just stare right above their head or right at their chest or something. It's like, oh, I'm looking at you. But it's like I'm not looking you in your eyes. And that's different. They can tell. And once again, it kind of shows maybe this 
insecurity or if not that it might show that like I'm not really invested in this conversation or I'm not comfortable in this conversation all of which are not a great message to convey so just really be watching that Mm -hmm. eye contact yeah one other thing is feet position to not have one foot out the door so one thing that the book talked about was when observing other people to look at their feet to see what they are wanting to do. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I try to do is mimic their feet position. Yes. So if I'm standing right across from someone, I want to make sure that my feet are facing their feet. I don't mm-hmm. want to have one foot angled toward them and the other one angled out the door because it shows yeah. I'm like, I really would like to leave. And sometimes I do that on purpose <laughs> to kind of non-verbally say, I really want to exactly. go. <laughs> so real. this is also kind of like an escape route. Mm-hmm. Another thing you can notice is sometimes if people are really comfortable with each other, they might cross their feet. And if the two people are really engaged, they'll both cross their feet and have hmm. their legs crossed one over the other. Because whenever you're really like invested in a conversation, people tend to like mimic that behavior. Yeah. That's one thing the book talked about, which is I thought was very cool. One other thing they talked about with just feet position was um, when someone's happy and talking on the phone, you can notice their toe might lift up. Mm-hmm. You might I've be, noticed that. You might be yeah. on the phone and they rock back their heel and their toes pointed up to the sky and you're wondering, you could listen to, don't eavesdrop, but you, you can assume that like they probably just mm-hmm. heard something really good. And then I can't remember what the tell was for whenever you heard like bad news but I do remember the good news was your Hmm. toe is pointed up interesting so speaking of this like feet position have you ever been in a convo with someone and felt like they just could not wait for it to be over but you couldn't quite put your finger on the reason why you were getting this vibe it's probably because their feet were pointed towards the door instead of at you this really is a telltale sign that someone kind of wants to leave like Katie said and I'll say like This is something I've definitely been convicted of because I have always been a task-oriented person and I am learning to value people more because people are more important than getting something done, you know, more important than my to-do list. And so I've always had this bad habit of rushing out the door or trying to end conversations early so I can get things done. And one of the most practical ways I have learned to really value people first is by changing my feet position so that the person I'm talking to knows they matter more to me than the thing on my to-do list you know Mm -hmm. yeah one other thing to note is shoulder position to be positioned parallel Mm -hmm. to the other person I was just having a conversation with one of my teachers in my life and the first thing I did was made sure I was sitting down too. She was sitting down and I was standing and we were about to have a conversation and I made sure that I was also Mm -hmm. sitting down. And the next thing was I made sure that my shoulders are facing her shoulders just to further convey that I was, you know, listening and being attentive. And then one other thing is if sitting cross-legged if your legs are open to the other person, that non-verbally conveys that you're open to them in their conversation. So to break that down a little bit, imagine that you're having a conversation with someone to your left, on the left side of you, and you're talking to them and your right leg is crossed over your left leg. This is so that your legs are open to the person that you're Mm -hmm. talking to on your left. Now let's say the conversation turns, you don't really like what they're saying, switch your legs, and now 
your left leg is on top and you've created almost a barrier with your thigh hmm. to that person like hey i don't really want to talk to you maybe your shoulders are facing that person like you're like still keeping up hey sure yeah sweetie that's yeah, great yeah but your legs are like mm, no i'm kind of uncomfortable <laughs> i don't really want to talk to you yeah that's something the book points out and i thought that was hmm. so interesting and that then is really I, interesting I observed that in other people too yeah i was like it's I, if I'm talking with someone, I'll look at their legs to see, are they open to me? Yeah. Not yeah. only am I open to them, but I'm like, are this, this person open to me? Are their legs open towards me? Yeah. Or is there a barrier that they're trying to put between us mm-hmm. to show that they're uncomfortable? I've never which thought is about that something before. Something I thought was very interesting. Definitely. Also, I, I love how you're like actually switching your leg crossing I as am. you're explaining I know. It right it's so now. hard to convey this. In the book, they had pictures, oh, which is helpful. also really great. And yeah. through this podcast, I'm trying my best to like explain left and right and left and right. <laughs> so like anyways, you're hopefully job. that made sense. Doing great. Um, one other thing is hands invisible um, and in a resting position. Hiding your hands is just a never good thing because if you're hiding your hands, it looks like you have something to hide. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so always keeping your hands open and resting on the table. You talk about that in interviews. I'm mm-hmm. sure maybe your dad's had that talk. I'm like, when you go to your job, make sure you put your hands <laughs> on the table. Don't sit on your hands. If you do, you look very uh, suspicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's just always important to keep your hands visible. Exactly. I'll I'll tell you, like, I'm the, always the student who feels so bad for the teachers giving lectures and all the students are talking or fidgeting or on their computer and they're just obviously not listening. Like, I know I would be so uncomfortable if I was trying to talk to a group of people and I could tell they were not listening at all to me. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I try to make the teacher feel better by leaning forward and keeping my hands on my desk. Like, don't worry, I'm listening. Someone cares, I promise. Like, I feel so bad for them sometimes. Yeah. So the next point we're just going to discuss is daily conversation. And this is where I'm just kind of kind of point out um, the rest of the things that really just made an impression on me when mm-hmm. I was reading the book. And um, we will have this book linked in our description yes um for this episode if you would also like to buy a copy so after reading the book i learned a lot of things that helped me feel like my own mini (laughs) detective able to deduce secret messages that people are unknowingly sending through body language and i will share a few of those things that i picked up and are now watching for in conversation with others so one thing I kind of picked up touch on this before is, are they open to me? Are their feet or body open to me or are they still closed off? If so, I'll know that I'm not wanted in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I'll find sometimes that a person I don't like too much will come up to talk to me and out of politeness, I will open my upper body to them and plaster a smile on my face, but my feet will be directed away Mm -hmm. as if I would really like to get out of there as soon as possible. Yeah. Or like if I want to be engaged in a conversation, I know like I'll pick up my feet and I will intentionally move them that direction to be like, I'm all into this. But if I don't, not a conversation Mm -hmm. I want to be a part of. Right. Yeah. So look for that when you first go up to people. Next time, not only look at their upper body behavior, but at their lower body behavior, as that is the more reliable tell of whether or not a person is truly, quote unquote, happy to see you, whether you're actually welcome. Um, And that's that's something the book points out is that the upper part of the body can be very deceiving. He talks Mm -hmm. about that, like whenever they're... um, questioning suspects for cases that's why um it's really important 
to be able to analyze their lower body behavior in the table that they sit at can sometimes be such a disturbance hmm. and affect the analysis of the questioning because their upper body can say one thing while their lower body is saying something completely different. Yeah. Um, and I think like there's two things like that are really important to note with this. One, if you enter in a conversation with somebody and that's their body language is saying like, I'm not really interested in having a conversation with you right now. Like, I think it's very important that we learn to pick up on social cues like this and just leave them alone. You know, don't push it. If someone doesn't want you there, like be polite and just, you know, nicely walk away Mm -hmm. and everything. You got to like learn how to pick up on these social cues. And I don't want to say know when you're unwanted, but kind of know when you're unwanted and not be like, So because if you don't, sometimes it can look like you're not respecting their boundaries or their personal space, especially. And you've got to know like when to respect that for other people. And then also, though, if you're the one that someone walks up to, really watch yourself. I feel like especially as Christians, we're called to be hospitable and welcoming. So try to be polite, not just with your upper body, like Katie said, but with your whole body. Be like, hey, I'm present. I'm here for you. I care for what you have to say. And my body is going to convey that. Another thing is to get a sense of the comfortability people have with each other or with you. Look at their feet. Um, Mm -hmm. This is going to be more about observing others and how to analyze other situations. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So if you see two people having a conversation and both of their feet are tucked under their chairs, you could assume that they are not on good terms. Hmm. Maybe they're trying to keep up pretense by having really engaged upper body behavior, but you look below the table and like, oh, they're really, like what they're really thinking is, I don't really like this person. Hmm. Or if their feet are close, like leaning towards each other, feet almost touching, you could assume then they are probably on good terms. They're probably very... um, familiar with or okay with each other's company and if i remember correctly i might have this wrong this is due to the fact that there's like a lot of stimulation one can get from approximation of the legs and the mm-hmm. feet um such as like a brush across the forearm yeah there's just something very stimulating about that which is why when you're uncomfortable with someone you're more likely to keep that per- part of your body away yes. from that person but if you're more open you're like let's play footsies <laughs> <laughs> we're not recommending playing right? footsies like who wants to play footsies with a stranger but i feel like with your best friend or maybe your significant like other joke. Yeah. you're like sure <laughs> that's the way that's why that's one way to put it yeah. um one other thing the book mentioned was when a person first sees you look at that initial reaction Mm -hmm. sometimes when you unexpectedly see someone you don't like you might have a look of disgust or aversion but quickly mask that with a smile on your face once you remember yourself that first expression you have before you put your guard back up shows a person's true thoughts about you um that's one thing that the book talks about because the first he says that the first thing people learn is to mask their true feelings on Mm. their face like you teach your child like hey grandma got you this sweater i know you don't like it but you need to look happy yeah so you you learn to fake those smiles that's one thing i noticed i was at elementary school and i was going up to a booth at the lunch table with some friends that i just kind of made maybe wasn't too familiar with them and i first went up and said hey like can i sit here and the first look they gave me was all like they looked me 
up and down. <laughs> and I was like, I knew instantly from their faces. I'm like, they do not want me here. I was yeah. like, I'm not wanted here. I'm going to go. <laughs> and because I was able to read their facial expressions. Yeah, and this yeah. wasn't even like taught. You kind of just can look off mm-hmm. people's faces and realize. And you can notice the. I think people notice those things. I, I think, think people, so too. A lot of people know when someone really doesn't want you there. But then you really want, you want to be there so bad. You just kind of look it over. Exactly. Like, eh, they'll deal with it. But the right thing to do, I think, would be to just, you know, respect that and walk away anyways. Yeah. Because it's honestly, it's better to be with people who want you than to force yourself with people who don't. You know, like, you'll find your people. So find your people. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I was talking about this facial expression thing with one of my friends today. Because she's like, she doesn't often really say her thoughts. She's a great listener. But I was telling her, I'm like, you know... You might be quiet, but your face is loud <laughs> because I can always tell exactly what she's thinking based on her facial expressions. Like her face talks for you and kind of like going along those lines too. I remember another time when I guess I don't think, oh yeah, we were out to dinner and one of my friends liked this guy and he comes in and I make a face at her and she goes, shut up up at me and I'm like what I didn't say a word and she goes your face is talking (laughs) and I think that's like so true though like our facials really say more than we think you know because the Bible is always like hold your tongue sometimes I'm like hold your face too you know but really even if you do not like a person watch yourself with this we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves and one way we do this is with our body language especially welcoming body language because hebrews 13 2 reminds us not to forget to show hospitality to strangers for by doing so some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it i think this is a very important thing to you know keep that in the front of your mind when you're like it's fine i'll just be rude with my body language no No, you literally could be entertaining an angel right now. So, I mean, allow that to convict you maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, one thing about that face thing is to see what their first initial impression of you is before they mask it up. And it helps you read what that person's opinion of you is. Um, One thing I also want to be aware of when having conversations is if they are nervous or uncomfortable or not. Are they covering up their chest, um, which is some type of like protective mm-hmm. thing that a lot of women will do, um, crossing their arms across their upper body, stroking their leg or their arm. Um, Joe Navarro, Navarro, one of the two. Who knows? Um, he says that the, he calls those pacifying behaviors hmm. to like pacify oneself, make yeah. them like uh what what would you call that almost like comforting yourself yeah, like yeah. a comfort type of thing if you're stroking your leg in your arm and if you're trying to comfort yourselves and you can assume that it's because you're feeling uncomfortable yeah um twirling their hair mainly something that women do when they're nervous or unsettled bouncing their leg up and down which is something that i find i do when i need to go to the I, bathroom i do that too all the time uh, like sometimes i'm nervous or unsettled twiddling with their thumbs is something that's nervous um stroking your neck Um, Mm -hmm. I think it was men and women do this too. Um, Men, a lot of the times, will like let air through their collar. Yes. Like put their finger through their collar and let air through, like showing a little sign that they're nervous. Hiding their hands. You know, if you're hiding your hands, it looks like you have something to hide, right? 
um, hiding their feet under the chair, which is just another thing. Like, I'm nervous. I'm uncomfortable. Um, hunkered down, slouching, trying to make themselves smaller. Um, that's something mainly I think women do. We yeah. always, when we're uncomfortable, we want to make ourselves smaller and invisible. Um, these are all things I look for in others and have learned to look for from reading the book to see if a person is nervous and uncomfortable. Um, and once this becomes muscle memory, the next step would be to find out why they are that way. Yeah. Um, when did these behaviors start? What quote unquote triggered it? I also try to analyze when I catch myself doing these behaviors. Sometimes I'll be listening to a lecture or I'm out in public and all of a sudden my leg starts bouncing and I'm like, oh, while I was my leg bouncing <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know I'm ready to go home because it's 20 yeah. past the time I was supposed to leave and I'm going to be late for something else or maybe I'm anxious and I have to go to the bathroom mm -hmm. like I said before so even my own nonverbals can catch me off guard yeah. and then I'm analyzing that because if I can find that myself it's easier to spot that in others um, so this is just like a little snippet of the amazing information I got from the book what everybody is saying so so good highly recommend Definitely. a lot of great um, information there that you can use in daily life, it actually makes me want to watch reality TV shows <laughs> because yes. if there is something that you can use to analyze nonverbal behavior, that is definitely those reality shows because, mm -hmm. you know, you can you can probably guess a lot about what people are actually thinking. And then you can get can, that confirmed because, like, you'll see the scene of them having a fight and then someone does something that shows they might be nervous and then they do, like, the cutback over. Yes, and, like, like they what explain what they, they were thinking. They explain what they were yeah. thinking and you realize that, like, oh, she was nervous. Ha, ha, I got it right because she <laughs> was sure, doing though. this. That'd be such a good way to practice <laughs> Right? This. I'm like, that seems like great practice. The book doesn't mention that. It doesn't say, hey, go watch The Bachelor <laughs> It should, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, anyways, that's just, like, a breakdown of nonverbal behaviors and stuff like that. Yes. So good and so interesting. Um, we have a dad joke. Yay. Okay. To Give it to close me. close our episode. Grace, when is a door not a door? Uh, I don't know. When it's a jar. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, actually. Yeah, right? Um... Oh, oh, I actually have one. You one have of one? my yes, one of my friends told me this the other the the other day in class. So I was like, I gotta share it. Okay. What do you call a poodle who buys a clock? Or no, 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 that's not the joke. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up, give me a second. Oh <laughs> How do you say it? How's the joke go? It's been a couple days, okay. Um <laughs> Why did the poodle buy a clock? <laughs> I don't know. Because he wanted to be a watchdog. <laughs> Get it? The poodle, who's definitely not a watchdog, buys a clock. Since we watchdog. I think dog. the funniest part was <laughs> what you call a poodle with <laughs> a clock or something. <laughs> My dad was trying to tell a joke or something the other day. Um, and he was like, so we have some guy, he works at Toyota and he works um watches over like manages like, the paint shop or something yeah. or whatever. he's like so we have a blind man in the paint shop i mean no a deaf man in the paint <laughs> shop <laughs> he's like wait no stop that's not the story and i'm like i think that's good enough that's great you know i was like the cat is a blind man we're gonna paint shop <laughs> using braille on the paint i don't know <laughs> we um 
we, I went to a Christian conference with some friends this weekend and it became like a thing. For some reason, we just kept saying phrases wrong and not intentionally. And so like my one friend, he goes, he goes, we need to get our chickens in an order <laughs> instead of ducks in a row. And, then, and so the rest of the day we're all saying, we got to get our chickens in an order. And then on the way home, I go, we're not going to make it in time. Put metal to the pedal, metal to the pedal. And my friend looks at me and she goes, do you mean pedal to the metal, Grace? I was like, yeah, that too. We are not encouraging too. reckless driving. <laughs> Yeah, no, way, not at all. Definitely not. Nope, no, none of that. We're responsible. We adults. are. We never speed. Yeah, ever. Okay, well, thank you so much <laughs> for listening to today's episode. Yes. <laughs> are we actually okay with putting that in there? I think so. I thought that was funny. Okay. Don't forget, we have our email, sisterlyadvice2020 at gmail.com, where we would love you guys to send in any funny stories you may have, topic suggestions for future episodes, or maybe have something you would like advice on. We would love to help you with that. Yes. Also follow us on Instagram at sisterlyadvice underscore podcast. Once again, that is at sisterlyadvice underscore podcast. On there, we post extra Christian content, updates, and reminders. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.